Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Through with Apollo again. We are here with a very special guest, casting director Michael Testa, who has cast the original Roswell show, Stitchers, Cold Case, and dozens and dozens of feature films. Longtime veteran of the industry, knows his stuff. Thanks for having me here today. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a lot of fun. Glad to have you here. We got a lot of questions for you. So, All right, cool. I'm here to answer any questions you have. So the first question is um, kind of like what your origin story is. Like, how did you get into casting? What was your trajectory? <laughs> so like I'm a superhero now, my origin story. Go into the deepest. <laughs> be a standalone film. Um, you know, it's not that exciting, I guess. I you know, went to school, studied film for years in high school and, and college. Uh, graduated Northwestern, went home and, and worked, dabbled in the film industry from New Jersey at home, but realized that I, you know, in order to work in this industry, the best place really still is, I think, is Los Angeles. Yeah. So I just drove out here with no job, no anything, and just uh, drove until I hit the ocean, another ocean, and then uh, set up roots here. Uh, in terms of casting, I just kind of fell into it. I never had a dream. I never wanted to be an actor. I never really knew anything about casting before I started. And just answered an ad in Variety back, you know, over 30 years ago where they had used to have variety, um, want ads for jobs. Yeah. Uh, and I answered an ad for a casting intern at a TV, TV production house called Stephen Cannell Productions. Okay. Uh, got the job and was then put on staff worked as an intern a non-paid intern for uh two weeks and then uh was put on staff as a assistant on the tv show hunter oh for, okay. uh, job so that was about two or three weeks after that i believe so you so you kind of stumbled into it in a way it was just yeah yeah I, i'm also a firm believer that i don't do anything that's not fun you yeah. know so i i enjoyed it fun it's a different kind of job and it's also one of those jobs where you get to sort of interact with all facets of the industry you know right. agents and managers directors writers producers all all at the same time um so i enjoyed it and you know and what's what's once something, i stopped doing it i stopped doing it <laughs> what's something that you enjoy about it now like when you got started like did, has it changed at all kind of what yeah, you, you know, i enjoy the fact that i meet so many different people i yeah. enjoy the fact that you know i get to interact with a whole bunch of people i, I enjoy the fact that i'm i get to be a part of of other people's dreams not that i create them or that i make their dreams come true it's just you know you're a stepping stone for other people to achieve their goal that i, I, I kind of dig that uh i you know it's fun giving people jobs quite frankly <laughs> so and also in a lot of ways you do do that though what you do makes like people's dreams come true because you need to you need to go like we, i'm not the only one right yeah. right, right i'm, I'm yeah. part of a group a larger group of people that do you know i do believe that an actor does make their dreams come true themselves. You know, we're just, you know, we help, we open up opportunities. Yeah. For that. Is there any particular moment you had that more than others was like a really joyous moment rather in a sense of like, wow, this is why I'm doing this? Anything that sticks out at all? God, that's a tough one. I mean, because I don't know, it, it becomes, I guess just, you know, remembering people got jobs that they really wanted. And we're very excited. And so that was, um, and, and the reason why it's hard for me to pinpoint one is because that's 
happens a lot. You know, you do pilots, you do movies, and people book the leads, and everybody's real excited. And you go out, and you know, you go to the, the uh, a party before the production starts, and everybody's really happy. So it's kind of they all kind of sort of blended together. Um, the thing, the one that sticks out for me, I did a was not such a great movie, uh, but it was a National Lampoon movie, and the lead of the movie was literally like working at blockbuster before he both deleted his movie and he paid him enough money that he didn't have to like work for two years so he was like ah, you know he was so excited so. you discounts of blockbuster really happy i'm sorry you got discounts of blockbuster from him afterwards though I didn't quite catch that last again. Sorry. Did you give any discounts at Blockbuster after? Oh no, 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 no. In fact, I never. I don't think I've ever stepped into a Blockbuster, quite frankly. Yeah. But. <laughs> and what about what about your own career? I know I was I kind of did some light light stalking and uh, listened to one of your other podcast episodes, another interview you did, and you talked about that Roswell was a pretty big stepping stone for you, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I had started a, a casting company with another casting director. We had done a really bad syndicated superhero TV show before and a couple of really kind of cool movies. Um, and then Roswell was, I didn't uh, cast the pilot, but um, the pilot was done. It was picked up at that time for 24 episodes right off the bat. Um, it was a really great pilot. It was a really awesome show. Jason Kadams, who was the showrunner and creator, was you know a, a hot commodity at the time, I, I, I imagine. Um, and apparently, we, we got sent on this meeting to meet them, just sort of as practice to meet with like you know bigger industry professionals. You know, the person who sent us on the meeting was the head of casting at 20th Century Fox at the time, and. I was sort of hesitant to go because I was just like, I don't want to go to a meeting that's not going to pay off. Why? I don't want to waste the energy. But it, so when I walked to the office, I looked at, I, I looked at Jason, I met Jason and I realized that I had met him like two weeks ago at a script reading that I put together. Oh. And I was like, Oh my God, you're that guy, you know? And, and he's like, Oh yeah. We just started talking about all our mutual friends and literally did not talk anything about the show for like 40 minutes. And then he's like, I guess I have to tell you a little bit about the show. And I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it. They're teenagers, they're aliens, alien, teenage alienation, teenage that. You get it. it's, it's, it's all like, you know, yeah. it's all there. I said, so I don't have to. And he's like, hey, great, hey, great. And then literally, I was like, I'm saying to myself, there's no way we booked this job. I just sort of hung out with somebody, you know. And then she called while I was in the car and she was like, I don't know how you did it, but you guys booked the job. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. So, and, and apparently I met like every cast director in town for that job. So it was oh, wow. that, that's a good I'm a firm believer that the only reason why I booked this is because we, we talked really nothing about casting, just sort of we had already just right then and there sort of established a relationship. I, I, I think that part, what you're saying there is so important. And I tell a lot of my actors too, when they meet people, because like, you know, everyone knows like the relationships are important, getting to know people, that type of yeah. thing. But so many people, in my opinion, go about it the wrong way. Like they talk a lot about their own career or their only talking about the entertainment right. industry and it's like you know you connect with another human being because people have other interests and other right. things in their life besides their career and also too just on a, on a practical level if you're meeting a director for a film you know he's going to live with you for two months yeah you know, he's got to like be with working every day for two months he's not going to want to you know he wants to get along with it you know with the people that he hires or, you know going to hire so 
I mean, it's just sort of a practical thing. Um, even in the job interview, any sort of job interview, you just want to sort of be personable and just, you know, show that you can get along with everybody. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like any business, like you need to fit the yeah. culture kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And now, like in your career, I noticed that like, obviously you did a lot of TV and now it seems like you're doing a ton of feature films and you're more into that. Is that a conscious choice that you want to go more? No, well, yeah, yes, no, yeah, yes and no, actually. Um, I, I was lucky enough that when I started the career, you know, we started at the time where like, you know, only TV casting directors cast TV shows and only feature film cast directors to cast. And I yeah. started actually very strong with Roswell. And then I had two, two films at Sundance that year. So I kind of like, I cover the basis. So I've always been very consistent about sort of doing film and TV at the same time. Um, but as the years go by, you know, your interests change and, you know, a, a cast an episodic TV show is, can be grueling. <laughs> it's sometimes not fun. Well, it is actually fun, but it's not, not, not sort of where I want to do sometimes at this stage of my career. And I've also ventured into writing. I've been, I've been writing now for like six, seven years. I've sold uh, a bunch of stuff. So I've sort of do that as well. So I've rather split my time with that. And, and films, I like more, I think, getting into the creative mind of, of, a, of a director and or a writer and sort of that idea as opposed to sort of, I do enjoy the pace of episodic, but the pace of episodic TV can get, can get a lot sometimes. So talking about a little bit about the writing, um... What kind of stuff? What are some stories that you like telling in terms of your writing? Well, my heart, my heart, my heart, and soul lies with sort of uh, horror, thriller kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, dark stuff. I just finished um, uh, uh, a great spec horror script, which is if anybody's out there and wants to buy one, uh, there it is. But I've sold uh, uh, a sexual thriller, a boxing drama, and a um, two Hallmark movies. So what, it's all over. Drama was that Glass Joe? It was last shot, yes. Uh, nice. um, and so it was all, um, it, uh, what I've sold is all over the place in terms of genre. But what I love to write is horror. So I'm waiting for the day when I actually start selling that, that genre. And uh, not like, you know, gory horror slasher stuff. What got you particularly into horror? Sorry? What got you particularly into like horror movies and everything? Oh God, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> other thing. I just gravitate towards, towards stuff that's more surreal in film. I, I gravitate more towards uh, the surreal aspect of film as opposed to sort of the real, I don't, you know, I feel like reality is open up your door. You can live that. So who wants to go to a movie theater or turn on TV and watch that? Um, so I gravitate naturally towards that. Um, the Shining is my all time favorite film. It's the reason why I got into sort of yeah. the business. Um, in terms of my mind. So that's sort of always been a big sort of push in that way. And I just sort of, I like to explore bigger themes or watch bigger themes. And I think horror is sort of the best genre to do that. We have a lot of leeway in sort of examining that. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. So kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Gonna be all good stuff. Um, what, do, what do actors do for you that stand out? What are things they can do to stand out? What makes a great addition? Like what's that spark in your eyes? Well, God, you know, if I actually knew that, I'd bottle it and sell it. But, you know, um, it, it's, it's just a combination of things. It's, it, it's in terms of what I'm casting at the time, the role I'm casting. Someone comes in. I think what, what I really gravitate towards is somebody who really um, enjoys their job, uh, enjoys what they're doing, and also is sort of um, attacks in a very intelligent way. Um, 
you know, I love talking about whatever project I'm casting, but I've sort of looked for somebody who's done their homework and their research on the project as well. Um, and what, what that does that, to what me does that, sort of what does that look like? What does that look like? Like, I'm just going to push a little deeper here. What does that look like? Well, because they just ask an intelligent intelligent questions about the script you know what were the um you know what the origins you know what was I, I feel like there's sort of like a roman polanski inspiration to this movie is that true and like oh yeah that that kind of stuff to people who sort of i i do love actors who are film smart who know film history that that's yeah. sort of a thing this is a thing for me um that i love so i kind of like to talk film and um, if i get a chance to talk film with an actor in an audition although after this whole pandemic thing how many in-room auditions are there going to be yeah that can, might be a while yeah. that'd be a while um, but that sort of, that really gets me, that really gets me. And also somebody who knows the genre they're, they're auditioning for, how to adapt what they do to whatever, whoever, whatever they're auditioning for. Uh, it makes me sound of a, a smart actor. And, so. and when they're, when they're preparing like that, and if they're prepared, like, I guess all casting directors are a little bit different about this. And with in-person auditions, how do you like? How do you feel about them kind of having a discussion before their actual audition with you? Like, are you okay with Listen, the question? Before, I'm, I'm, you, how do you work? I'm a chatty Kathy. I will talk until you know. And, and in fact, it's you know, I, I I always go like, oh, okay, I got to make this quick. And then usually I, I go out to get the next actor. There's like a ton of actors waiting because I'm just talking all the time. So I do like that. Um, I don't understand the hurry up and wait. You know, we ask actors to sort of develop these characters, live with these characters, and the minute they get in the room, we want them to leave. So it's kind of a, it's a yeah. weird thing to do. So I kind of like to see people live within their their characters. So yeah, no, I'm, all for, nice I'm all for that. I'm sorry. That's nice for the actors too, because I feel like it, it like relaxes them a little bit more, and then really gets them their best performance. Yes, I try to. And, you know, listen, I've, I've, I'm sure I've failed at some point. I'm sure I'm sure there's actors out there with horror stories about me because we all have <laughs> bad days and all that stuff. I get it, but I try to do make the audition process when it's in room as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually sometimes provide like snacks and stuff for everybody so they can nice. eat. <laughs> Now we know where we're going to go if, if we're out of snacks as well. I, I, I used to have an office. I used to do castings at my place that was um, in was it Burbank that was close to Porto's. So every time before I go, I just get a huge thing of Porto's and just like put it out in the waiting room. People are like, what? <laughs> Can I actually have one of these? I don't yeah. think I've heard that before. That's, that's really nice. That's yeah. a way better room. To well, those cheese, the Porto's cheese things or, you know, cheese pastries are like, crack co cocaine once you have yeah. one you can't I, I, i'm a huge cheese guy so i would just be just standing have you ever had it seriously have you ever I, had it i don't have think i've had, had that i'm telling you it change your life i like the I, the one that i'm obsessed change with your life. is the you know the the really soft one chauvin chom 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 maybe i don't know it's it's like this really soft Chef? cheese and it's like Chef? yeah i think it's that one. it's like cocaine it's it's the best <laughs> Speaking of food, I've well, actually- I like sweet cheese, because go, go, go to Porto. I'm sorry? Yeah, I didn't show We've, uh, I've also stalked through Instagram a bit. I've been following for a while. Oh, yeah, got a lot yeah. of food. And we, we totally look like stalkers here, don't we? We're just like, we stalked you the whole time. But uh, you got a lot of great food pictures on there. Tell us a little I bit do. about your What kind of stuff do you make? Like, what is your food inspiration? Like, you know, you got, you got a lot of- You know, I make all types of stuff. I've sort of started cooking on my own. I, you know, I, I started when I was, I was a kid, my mother, like I never, whenever I came home from school, my mother would never like made me a snack. She would just go, you know, make it yourself. So, and I would, <laughs> and, and so I just, you know, come up with all these concoctions and, and 
I sort of, I have a, a, a few neurotic tendencies. And one of my neurotic things is opening up an empty refrigerator. Like that drives me completely <laughs> insane. So I, I've been to friends' houses. Like, you know, if I'm staying over there for a week, if we're going away and there's a week and there's an empty refrigerator, I, no matter where we have to go, I have to go stock it up because it just it drives me crazy. Um, so I just started from there. So I really make everything. And I did go down to a couple of interviews in Top Chef season two. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Yeah. When it was set in Los Angeles, but then I got cut. I, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's So you and uh, his wife, actually, my brother's wife, you guys would get along very well. She's basically really? a professional chef. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I love it. I, 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 it's the only thing that relaxes me. I used to have a catering company too, and I would cater some parties at some agencies and whatnot. Oh yeah, so you, you've been you've been yeah. I need to yeah. I need to get better at cooking. All I can make is eggs and pasta. So. Start with start with salad dressings and marinades and sauces. It's sort of yeah, I, th I think I can. I'll start making you delineate between flavors and what you like and what works together, what doesn't. Yeah, that's. I need to. I need to. I guess cultivate my palate a little bit more. Yes, I can yeah, make a good uh, a good burnt toast. That's my extent. French toast. Burnt toast. A burnt toast. <laughs> No, I'm horrendous at cooking. But, uh, His wife's amazing. She's like this vegan chef and like, I'm not okay. vegan myself, but like when I eat her vegan food, it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is better than the food that I eat. Oh, that's good. Plus you can get everything in Los Angeles. That's what's great about living in Los Angeles. You can get, you such can get a everything. And being here 30 years, the restaurants have definitely improved in quality. Yeah, 100%. But I'm sure nobody's here to talk about restaurants here with no, us. No, no. <laughs> um, so, well, another question that I have in terms of the audition process, uh, what's something that when you're going through, do you go through the breakdowns yourself a lot? I know everyone's a little I different feel with that. slightly neurotic about that. Like I always feel like too, like if somebody's hiring me as a casting director, they're not, they're not, they're hiring me for my taste. So it's sort of my obligation to go through all that stuff. Um, and I do, you know, I'll go through with my associates at the time or sometimes I cast projects with other casting directors and, yeah, go through it together, but I sort of do. And how how do you go about it? Like, I, I guess I'm gonna ask a little bit more of a technical question. Like, how is it? How do you guys order it? Is there a specific way do you guys do it? Is there something that you look at? Do you look at? Yeah, you know, man, it's it's all. I mean, anybody tells you this really, it's, it's you know, you go through and you're like, oh, I want to see that person. Oh, I know that person. I see them. Oh, they look interesting. I want to see that person. You know, you know, I'm 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 pretty. I tend to sort of pick more people to see than I should in terms of just scheduling a time you know a couple times my old associate would come in and say you 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 just you just can't physically see all these people there's no way i'm like really um so you max out yeah, yeah that makes sense so the so. question we've asked everybody what do you think like about slate shots on actors access what's your standard on actors i wouldn't know i don't think i've ever looked at one i don't know you know if, <laughs> I, I i always love questions like how do you feel about like slate, slate shots or how do you feel about postcards it's like I, I don't really apply any feeling to them one way or the other. It's sort of non, non harmful to me if I look at them. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, hey, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, then yeah. you, know, you know. If I can't, if I can't look at an actor without a slate shot and tell if I like them and track them down, then I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, so it's not necessary. What about, what about real wise? Do you have any preference there? Like, I know you don't have a lot of time. You're going through all these submissions. So I, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people listening to this will be frustrated with some of my answers. I'm so not a real guy and real, I understand a lot of casting directors and a lot of people are, I just don't, 
I don't know, casting for me is of the moment and what's sort of in front of you sometimes of the moment as opposed to sort of what someone's done. Right. Um, so I don't really like to look at an actor I don't know via a reel because I really can't get a, a true sense of them as opposed to sort of them maybe auditioning for something that I'm actually casting. Yeah. Um, the only time I really look at a reel is if I want to see another side of an actor that I already know or something that I may not have seen. Right. Um, but I understand that you do need a reel here in this town. I know the actors do, and some people really like them and you know use them. But I've never, ever, ever, and this sounds, I know some actors are going to hate me for this, like hit the button on you know Breakdown Express or whatever it is, yeah. and actors actors and looked at a reel that way. Well, that's interesting. I'm not, that's I mean that's they also don't actually sort of pay don't they pay money to get those? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, they do. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've just never done that. Not yeah, that I'm not saying that it's not good to do it. I'm sure there's some no, people that I'm, do. It's it. not. I don't think it's good or bad. It's just all personal preference. That's why it's like good to know sometimes like right. how other people work. So it, it also just shows how important these headshots are again because obviously you're picking off that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's good. Also, it also makes just more logical sense, in my opinion, because you guys must get like a couple thousand submissions just for one role. Oh, yeah. Like, anywhere from, you know, depending on how specific the role is, anywhere from 500 to 6,000, sometimes Jesus 10, Christ. So, like, there's no chance to go through these reels. You don't have time. You know, it's too many. It's, you yeah. just barely go through the uh, pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and this is a question that's, you know, obviously we're not going to have a choice maybe for the next year with the in-person auditions, but when you do have a choice, you prefer in-person to on-tape? Are there any advantages to on-tape? Well, I, I mean, I went into, I went into self-taping with kicking and screaming, like, no, the only way you could do it is in-person, that's, you know, but yeah. advantages for both. You know, I think an in-person audition, you get to know the actor a little bit better in terms of get an essence. I, I'm a big energy person, so I like to sort of feel out somebody's energy. Right. But also too, for the actor, and a self-tape is great because you get to sort of, redo it if you don't like it. You, sort of, you get yeah. to sort of have that second chance that you wish you had after you leave a room or something like that. So, uh, and also too, for us, we get to see what an actor is going to really, really look um, like on maybe on film or get a closer representation of what they're going to look like on film. It also saves me time because quite frankly, if anybody, anybody tells you they look through all these self tapes of any project all the way through all of them, they're, they're, they're fucking, they're crazy. They yeah. won't. Yeah. You know, I do it too. Like, you know, yeah, you, you do, you know, it's part of the job. I see something and if I don't like it right away, I'm not looking at the rest of it. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. And that's something I've heard a lot that if it doesn't grab you in the very beginning, then it's just like, okay, off. You know? It probably also right. shows why actors should get those tapes in as quick as possible and not wait until the deadline. Well, not necessarily. That's not, that's not, that's not, it's not, it's not, it's not in terms of when I see them is what I see when I, when I do look at it. Got it. Got so it. in other words, it doesn't like, I don't, it's all very different in terms of when I look at something, you know, I've, I've got some stuff up before a deadline and I've looked at it. Other right. times I just wait, I was like, oh, I don't have to look at these until Friday. And I wait to Friday. So it's no, yeah. that to me, there's no rhyme or reason to that. It's, it's the actual tape itself. You know, I always say to the actors, you have to work a camera as much as you work that room, you know, work that camera, you know, audition for the one person watching it. Uh, Try to grasp it with the camera somehow. How, how do you see it going now? Obviously we're going to, probably have on, only on tape for maybe the foreseeable year at least well listen i hate to I hate to sort of burst anyone's bubble here but like i've cast a lot of film from my couch in west hollywood right down the street from you guys <laughs> you know and and day players and, and and other cities 
you know, I did like three in Atlanta, two in, in, in Nashville. And, you know, it's, it can be done. It's not, it, it requires a director and, and producers to really know what they want and what they're doing and see if they see it. And some of the best casts are put together, even down to the one-liners. And it's all been done, you know, from here in California. So it's not impossible. I mean, I'm still waiting for the day when producers realize that cast and directors don't need office space. Yeah, honestly, that, that's, that's <laughs> it cut so many costs as well that way. And plus these callbacks, you can do Skype and everything, you know, if you want to do Skype it. Or, you know, I've done, what I've done sometimes is just had like, you know, send a bunch of tape, taking the director picks two or three people that they really, really like, and you, you meet for coffee or they, you know, they, you have one, something like that. Yeah, honestly, like, and, I was, and it's all worked out great. Like, I've had no complaints. Yeah, and that, I also, like, it, it just seems to have more advantages, especially on the casting side, more advantages than disadvantages. I can yeah. see why, it, from an actor's perspective, you'd want to get in more in person sometimes, mm-hmm. just so you, especially if you don't have a relationship at all with the casting director, just to get in front of them and maybe talk a little bit. But, but I, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I think it's... Hey, listen, it was all going that way anyway. Who are we kidding? It was all headed towards that way. This, I think, just sort of gave it a big kick in the ass and it's going to move even more further that way. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and do you have, this is going to be more on the management and agent side. What, how do you feel about pitching? I, I think I heard on this other interview that you don't take phone pitches. Well, who takes um, phone What about email pitches? I mean, it's, I mean, like, who's, who's even on the phone anymore? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, text and, you know, I, don't even, I hardly even talk to, like, my family on the phone anymore. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And it's nothing against anybody. It's just the way it's, it's so much easier to do all this stuff. You know, listen, there's a difference between somebody calling you about sort of like a lead in a film or something they really want to see. And that, that's a whole different thing as opposed to somebody calling you about, like, you know, nurse number three. Right. You know, it's dude, you know, come on, you know, it's, it's, it's priority and whatnot. So yeah, I very rarely take phone call pitches. It's just, it's, you know, it's, again, this is the way the, the industry is moving like it or not. It's just the way it is. Um, e- email pitches are fine, but again, it's like, you know, a lot of people sometimes will email as well as submit. And it's just like, it's, it, to me, it's just double the work. Right. That's why, you know, you have these services where you can get everything all at once and then you, Go in. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, the email pitch, I'm assuming you, you have, you probably get a couple hundred emails a day when you're going. Sure. In the yeah. midst of a busy project, even a pilot, even more than that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything with, is there ever anything on email pitches that you see that actually do help outside of the breakdowns? Not really. I mean, not, no, not really. No. You just, you know, no. I'm, 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 I would imagine I'm a hard person to pitch to because I don't know. Like, I don't really like, like so-and-so did an episode of like the blacklist. And I'm like, I don't watch that show. So, you know, does, that doesn't blow my bubble. You know, that's, like, I'm actually more interested. I actually more interested. Hey, so-and-so knows you from so-and-so. Like, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's to me is a much more easy way to get in than someone saying like, Oh, they did. Yeah. You know, the, the CBS show last night that was, and I was like, did you see it? I'm like, no, I don't watch that show. So it doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But if it's something, that, but if, if it is a program or something that I really, really love, then I'm like, oh yeah. But usually if that happens, I'm usually tracking those people down anyway. Right. I, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I guess it does slow down your work a little bit with all the pitches too, you know? Right. Now to yeah. switch gears a little bit, like how do you balance like, 
because I know how like casting, how busy that can get. How do you balance that kind of with your personal life? God, this is where I get into trouble with these things. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's not like there are few jobs that it becomes really hard. Like doing a pilot is is tough. Right. I you know, but you know, I mean, casting a movie is that hard in terms of workload. Yeah. You know, it's not that, you know, strenuous. There's a lot, there's hundreds of other jobs that are more strenuous. So sometimes I, you know, wish everybody would kind of put this in perspective in terms of like, you know, it's a fun job too. Even when it's hard, it's fun. Yeah. Like casting a pilot is at the end of the day, it's fun. So, so it, it doesn't, the workload doesn't really bother me. I balance it out because I just do, I, you know, was it, I think I said to Jason and Roswell, I was like, yeah, I don't do, I don't do weekends and I don't do after like, you know, after like 7.30. I said, it's simply because I lose it. Like, I just lose it. Like, if you're calling me at eight o'clock about something, I'm, I'm, my mind is mush. And yeah. not because of work, just because that's the way I function as a human being. And yeah. so don't, like, yeah, I won't, I won't respond on a weekend. Because I need, you know, I think we all need whatever you do, you do. You need that sort of time away from whatever you do to sort of make yourself better at that job. Well, it's not, it's so, not like you feel like a 24-hour thing for me. You know, right. it, it sounds like you set a healthy boundary, though, because I do know a lot of people have to, that yeah. are answering things at midnight. They're answering all over. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I've gotten to those situations a couple of times because I didn't set the boundaries right away because I sort of wanted something and it always came to bite me in the ass. Um, you know, and no, yeah, no, you've got to, you've got to set the boundaries as a, as a cast director because, because at the end of the day, it'll, it'll get done. Like, it'll, it'll yeah. happen. I think that's a good thing, honestly, for a lot of people to not even just casting, just to actually set boundaries. Oh, right, exactly, in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in entertainment because it's kind of like there's no set hours. So, and, and it, so you kind of have to set your own hours type of thing. And I, I, think I did a film a few years back and this director, God love him, he's a good, very good director, but he's a maniac. And he would call me like seven times a day at all, and not about the show, but about everything because he just, I don't know why. And literally I had to say, stop like enough you're not allowed to call me you know i don't care about your custody battle i don't care i don't care you know it's just enough he, he, he was calling you as his therapist but right? it, was, it was unbelievable but but it's because i sort of opened that door in a business sense that i would answer or whatever then all of a sudden it became you know yeah, and that, that takes away from the work too you know because if you're getting drained oh i couldn't like, wait to get film you know yeah. because i really wanted to get away from him yeah I, I mean, nice guy. I mean, I like him actually a lot. And I probably, you know, at the end of the day, we'll work with him again. But um, at that moment, I just wanted to, I just wanted this film to be done with so I can get away from that situation. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you learned a lot from that, though, in terms of like actually every time sending your balance, like, hey, 730, I'm no, done. No, this, this, this was, yeah. this was only five years ago. So, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what, I, I, maybe I forgot or didn't, you know, you know, like, you know, he was crazy. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't worry about it. Call me like, you know, it's eight o'clock, <laughs> you know, home and, then all of a sudden, eight o'clock became nine thirty. You know, and I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm actually pretty strict about my own boundaries in that. Too. Well, like, you. I, I, yeah, I, I, I shut things off, and then I like I don't answer anymore because it's just like it, because the thing is, if you keep doing it, people think like, oh, that shows you're working really hard. And it also blurs. It also blurs your relationship as as professionals. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, yes, you're. I'm sure you're friends with some of your clients as well as professionals, but there, there is a professional professional relationship going on that you sort of have to really maintain especially when you're in the midst of a project right. um, yeah. that you can't sort of blur because then it becomes messy 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, you didn't respond to my party invitation. I'm leaving you or, you know, or like. <laughs> I think it, I, I struggled with that in the beginning when I, in, when I started the company like six years ago. Because you just want to like say like, yeah, 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 I can do it. Of course, you want to be right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you just like start burning out and just hating everything. And you're just like, now you're just doing your and shit. And then you wind up hating them. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you, the, the way to do that is actually do it about it. Then you can do better work and you're way right. more enjoyable to be with. And then you also enjoy them when you see them out socially more yeah. so. Exactly. Yeah, it's good to hear. That's like one of the few times. It's weirdly, you don't hear that many people in the industry talking about that very much because most people that i've met are usually like i'm answering emails at 11 p.m and like you know it's almost like a badge of honor but it's also their fault i mean it's their fault it's not it's not anybody else's fault but theirs yeah I, yeah and they choose, you choose to do that you know what i mean it's, it's how you can set your life you know? up. yeah uh yeah. what's something that you would advise actors in general in the audition process is there any like pet peeves that you have personally where you're just like, oh, I hate that? Uh, well, personally, I hate props. I just hate props. I have a very short attention span, so my mind goes right to the prop. Yeah. Um, I would advise against that. I've had everything from a real gun to a poodle brought into a. Who thinks it's a good idea to bring a real gun, though? I don't know. I got to ask this actress, man. She thought it was a great idea. Uh, <laughs> she was so happy. Um, That's, scary. That's honestly scary. I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? And I had just an incident in my personal life with a gun that sort of, and I was just like, I, I literally stopped her and said, Is that a real gun? She said, Yes. I said, Get out. Yeah. I just said, Get out. Oh, of course. That, that's yeah, like, go. See, there's the door. Go. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. The prop thing is like, I know a lot of actors ask always like are trying to think creatively and how to stick out, but it's like, stick it's not out. The it's, it's not the prop right for me. Yeah, the prop thing's not, yeah, that makes sense. That's good to hear. Any other major pet peeves that actors uh, should be aware of? I mean, you know, the usual, I think the excuses. I mean, I always love that, you know, oh, I didn't get these sides until late last night. So, so, so basically what you're telling me, you're going to suck is what you're telling me. You yeah. know, you're sort of prejudging your own audition, which is always fun. You know, imagine going to a restaurant and the waiter said, listen, I was out late last night, so this <laughs> meal's not going to be so good for you. You know, <laughs> you'd be like, wait a minute, what is that about? So, uh, or you're like shooting yourself in the foot before you- so you're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, basically, which you are, you're telling me you're going to suck because. Yeah. And then you're already, as a caster, you're looking at and you're like, already like, this is going to suck. So they're gonna have to do right. it. Yes, exactly really what you're doing, doing, you know. Yeah. It's like doing it's doing like one of those. I always love going to. I, mean, I don't really go, but every time I got to like a showcase, somebody's you know showing off what they do. They pick a monologue from like a really famous movie. And a lot of big one is what the Denzel Washington one from Training Day. You know. And oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Why would you pick that? Like Denzel Washington won the Academy Award because of that monologue. <laughs> like you now yeah. you're competing yeah, with yeah. Denzel Washington. <laughs> like that's a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's actually a good. That's how it makes sense too, not to choose with these monologues something that. Yeah, just you don't want to put yourself in that sort of category because you're going to lose every time to Denzel Washington. Quite frankly, you know. <laughs> you get compared all the time. Yeah, you're going to be because the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that monologue. Yeah, it's actually better to choose something like obscure or something. I had a good friend who did a monologue. He turned a Metallica song, the Metallica song, one into a monologue. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh, that's actually that's actually good advice and interesting advice. I don't think everyone. And it's not something we've actually talked about. It's not something that people think about when they're like, "Oh, I need to pick a monologue, so let me just pick my favorite monologue." 
and do right. that one, but that's probably not the best idea. Another, another, I remember in college, my favorite book in the world is Lolita and some girl turned the Dolores Hayes note that she writes to Humbert Humbert into a monologue and she did it, acted as she was sort of writing it as the character. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was so, so she so took something that wasn't a real monologue and turned it into this brilliant thing. And it was great. Yeah, I, th I think that's really good advice, actually, for actors, because I, I do know most do lean towards either what their favorite is, but usually it's their favorite because of the performance. And then. Right. And then you're so oh, now you're again, you're you're everybody's thinking about something else. I mean, any terms of any monologue and even a self tape. The one thing you have as an actor, all the focus should be on you. Yeah. On anything else, on any extraneous thing, you know, even on even on camera with the self tape. That's why props don't work for me because all of a sudden you're you're competing with the attention of something else, and you know, no logos on your shirt because of my mind, your eyes go right to the logo, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that's good advice because that that actually, that actually made me like realize in my mind when I've seen sometimes people that send like self tapes to get like representation, but they do like scenes from a known show. And, and it's like, sometimes it's things that I've seen before, but the whole time I'm watching, I'm not liking it. And I just realized that's why, because that's I'm right. thinking of the original show and I'm thinking this is not the same. It's not as good. You're also bringing the judgment about that you have on that show there. Like, oh, you know, I don't like that show or, you know. Yeah. You know, it could work the opposite. I love that show and, you know, some stuff was brilliant, so. Yeah, that's good advice. So it's make sure that you choose maybe something obscure or original or ideally something you haven't heard Get of or creative. seen. Yeah, that's a good way to go. Right. Is there anything in terms of your career that knowing what you know now, you would have given yourself advice to like 20 years ago or anything like that? Or? No, not that person in terms of like, I never, I never sort of look back or look forward in terms of like retrospective. I just sort of live and work within the moment kind of thing. But I mean, I guess it's just continue to doing like, you know, have fun and don't take any of this too seriously at the end of the day. I mean, it's not, yeah. you know, it's the old adage, we're not curing cancer. We're not, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not teaching kids so you know oh my god I didn't get that TV show Ooh, it's not the end of the world <laughs> you know it's not the end of, there's other TV shows and this one probably well at the end of the day probably suck so you're probably lucky that you're not on it you know and, <laughs> and so <I'm> <laughs> yeah it was one of those things that it, it's always funny too sometimes you do pilots you know whatnot is is everybody always says oh this is a cop show or this is like a lawyer show this is a medical show like no other medical show and you're in your and you're reading you go this is exactly like every other medical show. <laughs> it's like, huh? I don't understand. You know, <laughs> it's a good perspective to have because, like, I think sometimes actors get so in their head, and, and it bleeds over to all this other stuff, like the props and everything, that they get so in their heads of like, how do I stick out? How do I make it? How do I blah blah blah? And it's all this like nervous desperation energy, and it's just you're not going to put your best. Also, right. It also makes their 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 perception of what their career is so short. In other words. You go in there, you know, you're, if you're going to be an actor, you know, I would imagine you want to be an actor for life. Yeah. So, you know, to put that much energy on something that's so quickly, one moment is like you're cutting yourself short. You're going to have a lot of moments and chances and opportunities and throughout your entire life. Yeah, it's, you know? like, it's like running it like a marathon instead of just sprinting. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. Uh, that makes sense. Now, completely different question. What's something, and I think I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I'll, I'll let you go. What's something that you would do if you weren't a casting director and you could choose basically anything to be the best at? Well, I think you're probably thinking I'm going to choose chef. Yes. <laughs> but I will, I, will, I will put that aside because it's expected. Um, 
I don't know, somewhere in the, probably in the music industry, like I'm a huge, I love going to concerts. Like that's sort of a thing for me. So, you know, maybe a rock star. Um, yeah, something in there. Like, you know, I used to go to like a concert when I was a kid, like almost like once a week. Um, who do you like? Who do I like in terms of music? Yeah, like what's some of your, like, if you go into a concert this oh, year? Metallica. 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 You know. Any Guns N' Roses? I love Guns N' Roses. I didn't see them the last time. That was, that was this last couple of years ago. It was a funny story of that, but I won't go into it. But um, yeah, no, I got, I've seen Guns N' Roses, I think like seven or eight times um, wow. back in the day. I saw them with Aerosmith. I saw them in the one concert where, I saw them in one concert where he got booted off the stage by security. I saw the other one where he had the audience like the um, giant stadium on fire. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, so yeah. were you were you there with, with did you see that one what's that one that you like no he's talking about the st louis right oh no, okay. st louis riot where he jumps into the crowd and starts beating up people axel no no no, no i didn't see that one yeah that's listen, 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 i mean listen i like rock and roll when you know you couldn't you wouldn't you didn't know whether the main performer is going to actually show up or if they're going <laughs> to show up completely wasted or whatnot and that was the good old days of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that, he, he's obsessed with them. So he's a huge Guns oh, really? guy. Nice. So he's like, has books uh, like from the former manager that he read. What, what I used to call them, like, was it Idiot Savants? Um, you know, just, just or no, was it gross? Like, they're so brilliant, but they have no idea how brilliant they are. You know, when that first album came out, they were just completely brilliant. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, he's, and his voice is just like, the octave range is just insane. Yeah, too bad they kind of imploded. I wish they hadn't imploded, but. I think their self-destruction maybe made them what they were because they always seemed kind of like they're on the edge. Right. And that's what, that's what also one of my hesitations of seeing them now because I don't, I want, I want, I kind of like the fact that they're so, you know, self-destructive, yeah. um, you know, no, 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 but sort of made it at an edge to the concerts, which are great. I think it's yeah, a little yeah. bit like the Rolling Stones where the Rolling Stones, you know, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, I've seen them God so many times, but you know, you can always tell when they weren't getting along. Yeah. You know, the last time I saw him, I don't think Mick actually introduced Keith Richards. He was just, but not him. It was just so funny. It was like, oh my God, they must hate each other right now. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's, yeah, that's, that's funny. It doesn't even introduce the guy. That's... Yeah, but you know, listen, then the next day they're probably hugging, you know, that's what's, that's what's great about it, you know. It's probably what like that type of like volatility is like part of the genius maybe, you know. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. On stage, I think. Anything with passion in life, anything done with passion is, is done right, so. Yeah. Cool. So Rockstar would be, would be, I would, I would, let's, let's do that above chef. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's actually mine too, to be honest. <laughs> um, so we got one more question for you sure. and um, this is more like, what's something that you would like to tell actors or people in the entertainment industry right now? That's maybe advice or even doesn't even have to be like life advice, but it can be, or even something during this Corona time. Just, you know, love what you do. Just, you know, make sure you love what you do and don't, um, you know, give yourself a break in terms of, you know, it's a hard profession. Actors is a hard profession, but it's a rewarding profession. And a lot of, I think a lot of actors sort of beat themselves up or they give themselves deadlines. You know, if I'm not doing it in two years, I'm, you know, if I book that series regular in two years, like that's, you know, don't be so roughing yourself, you know, it's been a long life. So um, have fun what you do, do it well, do it smart. Um, you work hard, have a good work ethic is a big thing for me too as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, have some fun because, because that's contagious. 
Yeah. And watch what you put on on, on social media. <laughs> you have to now, honestly. You have to you have watch to. out. You have to. Because yeah. you, you're putting that out there and you're sort of putting it out there as, as you as an actor and you go, you know, hey, this is all more if you want to do it, God bless. It's a free country. But don't get mad about how some people would react to it. Yeah, it's gonna you get so scrutinized now and it, things get overanalyzed and put out of context. It's like, yeah, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out. Yeah. You know, because that's what makes the world go around. There's a various opinions. So yeah, that's great advice. That's true. And then lastly, is there anything that you're excited about in your in in this next year, I guess quarantine year for your personal life, for your career? Is there anything you're looking forward to that you're really like, oh, I'm excited about this? I'm excited about the script I just finished, actually. I just I really like it. I think it's great. And a few people who have read it have been very kind. And I think that if I could sell it, it could be very, very different and fun and so I'm excited about that. I'm just excited about, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm actually excited to see what this industry is going to be like after all this. Me too. I think it's going to be very different, but also kind of even out. I just, one thing I hope is we don't get a whole bunch of pandemic stories, which. Ugh. You just know that's going to happen. You know, yeah. I mean, really, no one's going to want to watch that um, or see that or hear about that. Um, I just hope we go back to a sort of a, a thing in terms of creativity where we just sort of like we get back to sort of this is this is all like fairy tales it's all stuff that we want to just sort of escapism yeah you know yeah i hope that happens too and i, I have a feeling that might happen just because of all the seriousness of what we're going through now we almost need it yeah i mean i also think it's sort of a long time coming you know i think with the advent and rise of, of 24 hours news stations and all that stuff all that stuff is 24 hours anyway yeah. I mean, I think that's why a lot of times dramas don't do so well or at the box office or don't, you know, people, because, you know, I just want to go with, and, you know, that's why, like, the Marvel movies do so well and, like, Games of Thrones always do well is because people can go and escape and just sort of, like, yeah, you know what? I want to see that fucking planet explode because I don't see that. <laughs> I don't turn on the TV and see that, you know? Yeah, because, <laughs> so. yeah, you know, like, there's so much drama on the news that, like, you just want something that takes you away from that. Takes you away from it, you know? So I hope romantic comedies make a comeback, so. I've been waiting for romantic comedies to make a comeback because I feel like it's been very quiet on that front for years. It that has. Might be, that might be a direction. I know you're a horror guy, but maybe, uh, maybe romantic comedies. Well, I mean, this is the Hallmark script I read are sort of romantic comedies, but. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Michael. Yes, um, thank you very much. Look forward to seeing uh, your future projects whenever we're all allowed to continue working again. Fingers crossed right. soon. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, we'll see you then. Great. Thank you, guys. Nice to see you. Yeah. Hope to see you around in the neighborhood. That, oh, you'll definitely see us walking us. around. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Have a good right. one. Take care. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have. 